Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Grange Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am absolutely delighted to say that I have been joined for this episode by none other than Vincent Matthews, who played Jeremy Irvin. Vince, welcome to Sausage on a Fork. Nice to be here, pal. Nice to be here. Excellent, excellent. So what we'll do... Go easy with me. <laughs> I'll, I'll be gentle, don't worry. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll start the way we start every episode. And if you can tell us how you got into acting. Um, it was one of those things, like every actor will tell you. Um, I went, my sister joined the stage school and I thought, I said to my mother, how am I doing that? So I went and that was on like the Thursday. On the Friday, I was standing on the stage at the Aldwych Theatre auditioning for Oliver. Wow. Literally 24 hours later. Obviously, I didn't get in a park. I had no idea what I was doing, but yeah. um, but that that's how quickly that happened. And then through that, it, I just I just kept with it, and I ended up yeah. going to Italia Conti, right. um, which happened once again very very quickly. Um, and then before you knew it, um, I was standing on other stages or yeah. standing in front of other cameras, you know, and then being part of an industry. But literally, with just naive eyes, I had yeah. no idea what I was doing there. <laughs> it wow. just, it was just happening. Yeah. So that was my childhood. And, and so, so, so before Grange Hill, did you get much acting work to start with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I always looked younger than I was. Right. Um, because of um the rules and regulations about child actors, you know, they could use me for longer. But uh-huh. I still looked, and obviously, I'm sure some of it had down to my dashing good looks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and that certain Judas Aqua that I bring to every set with me. But um, no, yeah, I did get a lot of work, and yeah, no, I worked, I, I worked a lot. Yeah, and, and was there any sort of you know big names, famous people that you got to work with before? There's not enough time for me to tell you, <laughs> right? Okay, people. yeah. <laughs> Um, right, I, I will drop a right. One of my favourites. Um, I played a fairy in a Midsummer Night's Dream, and there is a picture of me sitting on the bed with my Titania, which was Helen Mirren. Wow! So yeah, that that, that was a good day at the office. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but really? also um, talking about, we also had uh, Mr. Quadrophenia as well. Phil Daniels, he was Puck. Uh, Brian Glover played um, Bottom. You know, it was a massive ensemble cast. Yeah, yeah. We, we did a lot of rehearsals for it. Um, yeah, it was great. At that age, did you have any sort of like idea of the magnitude of the people you were working with, or was it just something you were doing? Um, you kind of got the feeling that there was something afoot. Right. You know, it was yeah. this, this. This is just. This is not your amateur dramatics production here. This is. There's a lot of producers involved. There's a yeah. lot of. Um, there's a lot of eyes on everything that's going on around you. And but everything from even going through your costume fitting, um, going through the auditions. You know, there there was a level right. to it. But um, but I did another program called A Kind of Loving, written uh-huh. by Stan Barstow. And that was the big Sunday night um, drama. It was uh-huh. ten episodes, and I was only—I but I was kind of the sinker in episode ten. But once again, that was what a crazy budget that was. Yeah, you know, we—I played around in Manchester a lot because <laughs> it was <laughs> up at Granada. Um, and yeah, no, but and we filmed in London, and we it, loads of things happened on that. And I was with Susan Penn Hannigan, Dark yeah. um, Clive. Clive Dunn, no, not Clive Dunn, he played Grandpa. Um, Clive Oak, whatever, it was a Clive. Yeah. Um, Clive Wood, sorry. That Clive was Wood, yeah, um, yeah. And yeah, once again, that, that was very, very big budget. Uh-huh. Um, and then you do go, well. Yeah. But then I've done, say, pop videos that some had very small budgets and some had extremely large budgets. And I found the, the more there was in the budget, 
the more I seem to get hurt on the shoot. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> they could afford horses, so I fell off the horse. They wanted me to go stand up on top of a pinnacle somewhere, which they nearly blew over. And this, one of the stunt guys broke my nose. It, it's just so, wow. yeah, the higher the budget, yeah, the more I, 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 I <laughs> survive okay. it. So, so you prefer the you, you prefer the low budget videos, then, did you? <laughs> you're in and out. You're in. <laughs> it's like two, three hours of your day. But no, big budget. No, you have got to be here. You got to be there. You got to have your hair dyed. You got to have, no, whatever. It's it's it's, it's so, on and on. So, which 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 videos were you in then? Um, Zeno, a little more love. That's when right. I have my nose broken, right. and you will be able to see the stars. You do see me on a horse. You do see me on a pinnacle. You do see me flying through the air. That all happened to me as a like fourteen year old child. Wow, <laughs> that's what, and we filmed at the Brixton Academy Theatre as well. Yeah, that's where my nose was broken. Right. Um, <laughs> I did another one, Cock Robin. Oh, can't remember the name of the song now, but that yeah, that that's still online. But that that was I played seven different characters in that. All right, okay. and that was filmed by the Burbages, who. Um, started doing all the police stuff before Godly and Cream did all the oh, videos. Right, yeah. And that um and that video, well what is it? Young teacher, the classroom. Uh, that was actually filmed. Yeah, right. yeah, that was actually yeah. filmed in Italia Conti. That oh, right, actually, okay. That was actually my one of them is actually my classroom. Right. With the yeah. uh, and there's a Grey Jill alumni in that uh, Rene Alperstein is Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she was a she was lovely. Lovely. Yeah. She was she was she was just a she was always for me someone to look up to. Uh-huh. She had because she was in the student part of the right. school when I was in the, the, the you know whatever years they are now. Uh-huh. You know, yeah, looked up to Rene. Brilliant, brilliant, and it was also before Green Jill. Those of us of a certain age and those of us who were a little bit older will remember a comic called Eagle, and Eagle had been around <laughs> for a while, and then there was a relaunch of it in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, and you were in a couple of adverts. Yeah, I did one? the relaunch. Oh, yeah, just well, well, well done for doing your research. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was a. Once again, talking about low budget, there wasn't really much of a budget on that one. Um, but we had a lot to get through because we filmed two commercials back to back. I think my nan was my chaperone. We stayed at the director's house. Right. Um, and yeah, no, it was up early out and you film it and it was in the middle of winter as well so i think they had loads of things with frozen lakes and things yeah like yeah that's yeah. the one yeah. i remember the one by the lake yeah and then all, all yeah a few visual effects that yeah. were probably at a very early doctor who standard right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no i was i was the i was the face i didn't say we did two commercials one for the first and second edition of the relaunch of evil comics so yeah me and dan there yeah, yeah, we're there, mate. We're yeah. there. We're, we're, yeah. Separated at birth. Brilliant. So then, so then, how did how did Grange Hill come about then? Grange Hill was just one of it was kind of like a stable, um, yeah. because obviously I was at Italian Conti, so you know uh, people like George Armstrong, obviously that played Alan Hargreaves. Uh-huh. You know he was in ep- I think scene one, episode one. Yeah. Um. And he was one of the mentors. He was just a really solid foundation within the school anyway. And then you look down and you go, you mentioned Rene, Paul Ryan Bland, you know, and then beyond past me, Danny Cunningham, um, Lisa York. All right, this is my list. Um, <laughs> um, and um, Fleur Taylor um, as well. So it was always, Grangey Audition came around every year. And then, so it was kind of like an open call, and exactly where they filmed the police song, where what is on the where stings on the ladder and all that. That's the room we actually auditioned in, and we auditioned in front of the producer, a guy called Kenny McBain, Uh who's obviously sadly no longer with us. Um, and he hired Lisa York pretty much straight away. Right, she was, and and she was, she she was great as Julie Marchant. Uh Um. But that wasn't a role for me. And apparently the, the, the thing is, he went back and said, I found this kid. Um, we got a, we got to do something with him. He's, yeah. And apparently then the part was written for me. Right. So that's what I was told. 
Yeah, so so that was for Series 6. So obviously, Grange Hill had been on the air, you know, a, a six year, five years previous to that. So were you a fan of Grange Hill? <laughs> There's no way it, it, it didn't go unnoticed. Right. You yeah. know, there were three channels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the one. But, it, you know, it's it, it kind of polar opposites. Some friends were allowed to watch it. Some friends weren't allowed to watch it. Um, my household, we were allowed to watch it. Because yeah. I was the youngest um, of, of four and right. three older sisters. So don't even talk to me about the hand-me-downs I got. <laughs> um, <laughs> a very frugal family. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, and then when the audition came up, because I'd seen the, the backside of the issue of being in a programme such as that, I was... I was quite reticent about actually even auditioning for it. I didn't nice. I, I didn't actually want to put myself in that position. When you're talking like 12, 14 million people yeah. watch it. Yeah. Um I'm just a child. And I'm the one that still has to get a bus, a train, and a tube to school every day. Yeah. With everybody recognizing you. Yeah. So you are you, you know, I used to, you know, with some of the other members of this, the crew uh, of the cast as well, we used to get police escorts home. Wow. We was, we were, yeah, we would be attacked. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't, it, it, no, it was, it became, some of it became very, very nasty. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, so I used to have a plain clothes police officer take me home. Wow. And I suppose as well with the, the type of character that Jeremy was. Oh yeah, yeah. I wasn't, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't universally liked. No. So Jeremy came in as Jonah's cousin. He was a Jeremy was a pupil at Rodney Bennett's, and obviously Jonah was a really popular character in, in the show. And at the start of the series six, Jonah had a Rodney Bennett badge on his blazer. And he and the, and the initial thing he has he has it on is because the shopkeepers wouldn't allow Grange Hill kids in the shop. So he wore it to get in the shop and Zamo couldn't get saved, but Jonah could. And then we first meet Jeremy later in that episode where Zamo picks up a football and Jeremy comes down the corner. Yeah, and... that, 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 that's the <laughs> we had to go back and film. Right. That, that's the one that got ruined because there was a hair on the gate. Oh, no way. Yeah, so all, all, of that, all of those... Well, that whole day of filming had to be reshot, but that wow. was my, I, I don't think it was my first day on set. My first day was just with, it was me, Lee Mack and Lee Spark um, at the the archetypal school. Yeah. Um, but it was, I think we filmed it on a Saturday right. even. Um, and it was like a pickup day. Uh -huh. And that's the first time I ever met them. Right. Um, and it's also the first time I ever ate caviar. Right, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, such was the budget. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I know Lee, Lee Spark said in his interview, he said you could get any food you wanted. But, but, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, no. Honestly, because I mean, how many crew did we have? Probably thirty, I think. Probably at least thirty. When you look at everything from makeup, wardrobe, um, lighting, sound, camera. Um, producers, direct, you know, there's a lot of yeah. people around, million around. But I remember one day we we were filming in a chip shop. Yeah. But still craft services, as the Americans like to call right. it. <laughs> like, they just set up their, all the tables of all the food outside. Just the locals were coming around going, oh, is that free, is it? <laughs> and, they're, and, they're, and they're tucking in as well. And some of them like some old dears and no one had the heart to say to them, you shouldn't really be doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, go on, have, have a cheese sandwich. Oh, and, brilliant. And get, brilliant. Get, about, get about yourself. So you, you've just mentioned Lee Mack and Lee Spark there. Did, did you get on with them straight away? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because I was the new kid on the block. Yeah. Um, And the, we, we kind of knew what the character arc was. So I was only in several episodes. Uh -huh. But yeah, no, um... I'm still friends with both of them. We're oh, both, right, we, we, you know, we're, we're, we're on Facebook. I haven't seen them as much, obviously, with Sparks being in Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't think twice about not contacting them. Brilliant. You know, and I wouldn't think twice about protecting them. You uh -huh, know, yeah. it's, you know, especially, and, and Lee Mack, I've, obviously, I've met a lot more and we've been out, we've had drinks yeah. together, we've attended um, certain events. Um, but, 
is always just he puts a smile on your face. Yeah. As soon as you walk up to him, you know yeah. he's just he's just he's, he's one of the good guys. Yeah, definitely. Well, Jeremy and Zamo didn't get on. Did they at yeah. first? I mean, the first scene, as we were just saying before, Zamo picks up Jeremy's football. Jeremy asks for it back, and Zamo says, "Well, I'll give it you back if you give me that badge." And then two of Jeremy's mates appeared. And the next scene we see, Zamo was clearly been beaten up and had, and had his own badge. From, from yeah. him. You know, you didn't see it on camera, but I did absolutely smack the shit out of Lee yeah. just so he could get into character, <laughs> even though he was a boxer. Yeah, yeah. He, he, let me get, he, he let me get a couple of jabs in. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, he felt the worst for wear. But no, he's... Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we was allowed to show violence. No, well, that there was. I think that's why that was. The, the, you know, it cut before the altercation. Yeah, you just I, knew what was coming. Yeah, because so, he he, lo- he looked like he'd been he'd been roughed up by three lads, hadn't he? So you 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 you, you knew what it was. But the next day, the Zamo and John are on the way to school. Zamo sees Jeremy again and they do start fighting and you do see some kind of altercation, but then it gets broken up by Jonah, obviously, because um, he's, he's his cousin. And, yeah, yeah. and he, he, he'd been slating his cousin, you know, calling that um, the Undertone song, My Perfect Cousin. He, he he broke into a chorus of that when he was talking about Jeremy, when he was when he was talking to Zamo about him. And then they arranged to get the badge back. And they do. Jeremy gets his great deal badge back, but also gives him a Rodney Bennett badge back. And I remember being a, a kid, and I was about six or seven when this was on telly. And I've said this before on the podcast, thinking there's no way they go to another school. Kids just wouldn't do that. But then when I was in high school, a lad came to our school <laughs> from another school and got away <laughs> got away with it for about a week before he got collared by teachers. Like so, yeah, yet, I mean, it was because it was. Because we actually filmed it. We, we Obviously, a lot of the interior shots um, of the Grange Hill School is all uh, done in the studio. Yeah. But the Rodney Bennett had to have a different look to it. So we actually yeah. filmed during the summer holidays at a real school. Right. And we're sitting at real children's desks. Yeah. And so we're looking up. I'm, I'm getting their books out. I'm marking the homework for them. All right, no, yeah. not having that. <laughs> You know, we we would, and then we had there was a big chase scene within the school where we had to literally run through an art department, and of course, um, the the props set it all up, and we just literally just kicked the shit out of anything (laughs) in front of us. You know, cut, reset, do it again. Brilliant! Oh, (laughs) I love it. Getting paid to smash things up, brilliant. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the the thing I like about that as well, when they first go, is they're not convinced they're going to get away with it. So Jonah comes up and says to Zamo, well, I tell you what, go back to that shop. Go back to that shop that wouldn't let you in. And now you've got the Rodney Bennett on and see if he lets you in. And he did, so they agreed to go. Oh, yeah, because we were, we were, I was posh. Yeah, yeah. Posh yeah. The, the, the kids in Rodney Bennett all had a different accent, didn't they, to the kids yeah. from Grange Hill. Um, yeah, we're, yeah we're, I think we was in a different postcode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was that lottery. But when they when they get to the school, uh, Bullock Baxter was there, and Bullock Baxter said, "What are you doing here?" and and collared them. So they came up with a story about borrowing a book. Yeah, yeah. But undeterred, they decided to go back to Rodney Bennett, and they meet up with Jeremy and two of his mates, and one of them was played by John Drummond, who yeah. was later in it as Sever Cleaver. And the teacher, I only realised recently, was James Fleet, who was in The Vicar of Dibley. Who played there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Hugo, yeah, in, in The Vicar of Dibley, yeah. And as you say there, they get to school, and then when all the other lads find out that they're Grange Hill, then the typical Grange Hill chase scene <laughs> comes yeah. up, like, and, and as you say, they're getting paid to, to smash things up. It, is, it must have been great as a... You know, a fourteen-year-old lad like it must have been tremendous. Oh, and then, and then that was supposed to be it. Then wasn't it for Jeremy? Yeah. That was that was supposed to be the end. Yeah, it was. It was a, just a very small story arc. Um, because I think within the series there was a lot more going on with other characters. Uh-huh. But I think they had already decided that they wanted to take Grangeall even grittier. Yeah. Um, and so I think the season we were filming then, they kind of knew that the season that was going to come up and then especially the following season after yeah. that, it was going to get harder. Yeah, so... There was going to be storylines that needed 
a lot more play, uh-huh. a lot more, um, a, a lot more discussion, a lot more gravity on how you go about that, what you're going to put out there, and obviously yeah. that ends up with just say no and everything else like that, yeah. but. My storyline was the biggest storyline. Well, yeah, because that was Series 7. Now, Jonah had left at this point, you know, <laughs> he, he, he'd moved away and stuff. Now, most people know the story with what happened, but can you explain what it was like for your side being asked to go back? Um, it was... I kind of got a call from my the age, my agents, which were in the, within the, the confines of Italia Conti, their, uh-huh. their own office there. And I got called in. And normally when you get called in, it's, it's because something's, you know, you're, you're talking about something. It's not, you know, a name on the list saying there could be an audition. Now this is actually, oh, they want to speak to me. Right. So I, walk, I walked in and they said, Grange Hill have been on the phone. Um, they want to invite you back for a second season. And I was just like, well, I don't really want to do it. <laughs> um, because... I just had done a year of that. And I, as I said, police escort homes. You know, people, even when we did that the next season, I mean, we had, we filmed on a council estate and people were throwing bricks at our coach. Wow. Yeah. And once again, the police had to arrive and we had to get like a convoy of police vehicles to get us off this estate. Yeah. You know, it's so, you're in that. And, you know, then when you do get home, you've got people knocking on your door. Yeah, you know, it, 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 so you, you, you could never leave it. So I was sorry. The question again was right. So I'm with my agents, and they said, "Oh, um, but you're going to die." Yeah. Oh, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. What episode? I think episode seven. I think it was. Yeah. So right, like the beginning of the run. So it was just like, "All oh, right, I do that." That sounds. I've not done that before. Yeah. So then there was lots of, um, yeah, there, yeah, lots of meetings about that about me drowning and also about Lee Sparks not being there anymore as well because that, that was a void you yeah. know we missed him on set he was such a yeah. individual yeah to the knife with that little bit of asking voice he's got yeah <laughs> he I was mean, and he was an Anna Sher wasn't he was he Anna I think Sher, yeah I think he might have been yeah yeah but he was he was a, a he was a Londoner that was fun so him not being there and then it was me, obviously, and Lee Mack. Yeah. Um, but we knew that it, what we were heading towards was quite intense. Yeah, because yeah. for anyone that doesn't know, originally it was going to be Lee Spark, wasn't it? It, yeah. it had been written for Lee Spark, and he decided that he he wasn't going to do it. He didn't want to be that person that, that that happened to. But you can see, just by what you're saying there, can you see the effect? It was... We're both children, and we're making these very conscious adult decisions yeah. about us because this is we got 12, 14 million people looking at us. Yeah, that's a lot to. And so, if he made his decision because of that's what he thought about, then I've got nothing but support from the man. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> but I had to have the same the same thought as well. Yeah, and. Well, we didn't really know what Jeremy's character was fully like. We knew he was hard. We knew he had a side to him. But when he came back into it and he was a Grange Hill pupil, you saw he was just dead stroppy. He didn't want to be a great... He was obnoxious, wasn't he? He was horrible. Yeah, he was horrible. He was just... But he, he had great things to do, like, like the whole forging of the bus pass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the thing I did with the rat. Yeah. Which was a real rat. Was it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so... It was like... Okay, that's a dead rat right in front of me. So for anyone for anyone that doesn't know that one, there was a, a scene where they dissected a rat in science class. Yeah. Jeremy's then asked to put it away in a in a cupboard, and he'd been laughing at people who who couldn't handle seeing what was going on, and he was asked to put it in a cupboard, and then he put one of the girls' bags in yeah. the cupboard as well, just to just to bring you know I'll do that for you, miss. But then just to be Jeremy, he he then goes and puts the girls' bag. In. Yeah, yeah, because the whole thing was because. It was about keeping that momentum up. Yeah. You know, from the start of the season. And so we were only a few episodes in, and you're just going, I hate this man. Yeah, he becomes really isolated, doesn't he? he yeah. He, he I, got... think that, I mean, there is a really nice scene when we're in, when I'm getting changed in the swimming pool, where you see how alone he actually is. Yeah. I'm, I'm just looking 
you know, where everything is happening around me. All the other kids are kind of interjecting. Yeah. I think it's a top shot. And then it just kind of pans down onto me uh-huh. of me just sitting there. Yeah, because there was one um, where in the canteen as well, he walks over, sits down to have his dinner, says something, everyone just gets off and walks away from him. Like, uh, And it was it was his own doing, wasn't it? You know, the fact that he got like that because he was just horrible to everyone. Yeah, I would not be his friend. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. Exactly. It, it was he, just like, he, yeah. You know, he told lies about people. He told Zamo that Jack, he'd seen Jackie in a car with a, with another lad, which had caused them to fall. You're causing Grangeville's power couple to, 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 to break up there, you know what I mean? So, and yeah, uh, and, well, that's Melissa <laughs> Wilkes, right there. She, she was, I mean, you know, just one of those people you meet and you just go, I love your bones. Yeah. You know, she was, <laughs> Melissa was such. She had such savvy on set. She was such the nicest person. Yeah. You know, but obviously she still can't get over her biggest mistake of calling the Grand Prix the Grand Pricks. Yeah. No, yeah. On on some program. <laughs> so that, that that's always gonna follow her. Was that mentioned to her when you when you were kids? Like, did you did people used to say that to her all the time? Like we're, we're kids. <laughs> that's exactly what we did. You know, we if, if there's a you know, if, if, if you could it's always playground banter. Yeah. But then again, the one thing that people forget is that we're only half of what you see because yeah. on the other side of the camera, it's all a bunch of adults. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just as big a kids as us. Yeah. So the, the sound man is playing around with, with um, continuity. You know, it, 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 it's it's a fun. It's it was a fun shoot. Yeah. You know, you worked you worked a lot. Yeah. You rehearsed a lot, but you got on with it, and then you got to meet the characters, and that is say both front of house and back of house. Brilliant. So then, obviously, you know, you mentioned the rat and all that, and then it, it all leads up to it all builds up to your final scene, basically where it's a, it. I I believe when it went on air, it, it it got a lot of criticism because the teachers left the kids alone at the side of the pool. I think I, I, I don't think that was the main criticism. The the criticism was is because I was technically the first child to ever see die on children's TV. Right. That was it. They actually showed me dying. Yeah. That was the like. This is not child friendly. Yeah. But it, it had an important message as well. Oh, yeah. Involved with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was on the front page of the newspapers. Um, people were sending wreaths and flowers to the BBC. Yeah, I mean, um, it was yeah. You got a, yeah. There's quite an intensity. Yeah, because they'd, they'd, they'd been they'd been Anthony's death on Grange Hill, but you didn't actually see that. You saw him fall, and then you saw him getting covered over by. With the jacket. With the well, camera you... footage they have, yeah. I drowned several times. <laughs> right, okay. So, what they was could it? Actually film my demise. What was it like actually having to film that? Um, yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> what What year was this? 80 what? 80, 83, I think it was filmed. So, yeah, 40, yeah. 40 years ago. I think like... Health and safety didn't start about 87. Right, okay. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I think I think you missed the boat on that one. I would have liked to boat. I would have been more buoyant. Um, no, that was... <laughs> they, let's just say the film crew had some ideas about how they wanted to go about it. Right. And only because of me constantly nearly drowning each time we listened to one of their <laughs> ideas, um, we had to come up with um, other ideas. Right. But, yeah, no, the first one was literally um, about a 10-foot tube like clear plastic hose pipe with like a, a mouthpiece on it. Uh-huh. And that's fine when you're at water level. Right. So, you you're, you know, you're, you're basically on dry land. You can just breathe through a hose. There's no different atmospheres. There's no water pressure. There's no... You don't have to worry about, you know, the, the consistency of you've got 10,000 litres of water above you. That's yeah. different. <laughs> when you do actually get in the water, you can't just breathe in and breathe out like I practised on land. Right. You have to suck it in and then blow it out. Yeah. And of course, that's just not going to work. Yeah. So then the next one they came up with, right, I'm, I'm going to tell you this story, right? This is going to be <laughs> long-winded, but this is going to be... Okay, no, that's, that's good. That's all good. Honestly, you're going to, by the end of it, you're going to cry laughing. You may even have to hang <laughs> up and call me back. Okay, so the, 
it was one of the only scenes that we actually filmed on film. Uh-huh. Um, we had this, <laughs> you know, they didn't want anyone in the water apart from me. Right. So what they came up with, and as you can, you probably got the mental image of me and my little black speedos. <laughs> but I thought, do you know what? What if we put a weight in his speedos? Right. <laughs> so yeah, I had a five pound weight in in my jockeys, basically. And the camera was over to my right. Um, and then I, in my left hand, they gave me a ping pong ball painted red. So obviously the diver didn't like getting wet. So he, he stayed up on dry land and I used to doggy paddle out and then the weight would sink me below the water. And then when I started running out of breath, um, I let the ping pong ball go and that go up. And as soon as the diver sees the ping pong ball, he dives in and tries to get me. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds great. Now imagine a 14 year old boy with a five pound weight down his trunks <laughs> with a red ping pong ball Someone say in action, every eye's on you. At what point did you not say, Vince, please don't panic? Yeah. <laughs> so a few times I panicked because then I was desperately trying, but then I'm, I can't get up because I've got, you got the weight. <laughs> right. Not only that, the, the rest of the cast, because it was like the, the, it was like the money shot, they're all up on the, the gallery in front of me and they're thinking, why is Vince holding his nuts? They didn't realise I had a weight down with trunks. They thought I had a boner. So they're, <laughs> so they're taking a piss while I'm trying to get ready to do this scene. Right, okay. Right, so, now, now this is this is the this right. When people say don't work with children or animals, also don't work with actors or actresses. <laughs> right, okay. Is is also um a, a little lesson learned. Right, so we, we went through this whole training thing about how when you get a, um, an unconscious person out of water, what you do. Uh-huh. Okay, so we had um, the guy that came in and rescued me that was in the Sweeney, which I was very happy about, and he was right. the husband <laughs> of the director. Um, right, so the, the woman that's supposed to drag me out, uh-huh. what you're supposed to do is put your foot over the lip of the pole and then you pull them up and you land the person on your leg and then you can relax them down and so they're now comfortably and safely out the water once again perfect on paper then somebody i think forgot to tell the actress i had a five pound lead weight down my trunks so as she's yanked me out you know the lip of a swimming pool yeah well that wasn't quite as giving and so she's yanked me and just crushed my nuts so now I'm screaming put me back in the water right you think that would be the end of that story no the following day I noticed that I had some slightly bruised balls right okay which I kind of mentioned um to one of the crew who kind of, it, it, well, yeah, mentioned it to somebody else. And then before you know it, I'm standing in front of the the nurse and Kenny McBain, the producer, having to show you my bruised nuts. That was the indignity of it all. You know, not only have you tried to kill me several times, now I have to, as a 14, 15-year-old boy, show my nuts to technically two strangers. <laughs> Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it, it wasn't bad enough that you drowned, but also the. Oh, no, no, I think mean, they tried to kill me several times. Family they, jewels. They just, well, at least leave him bruised. Because I, I. So we know he's done a day's work. Because when, when you watch that scene, I've often wondered is that actually him under the water or is it a stuntman, oh, yeah, I mean, stunt but it's actually you? Oh, yeah, no. You would stunt, man. <laughs> BBC budget, uniquely <laughs> funded by us. No, there was. I don't remember any conversation about a stuntman. The one thing that only I think it was a I think it was the second AD assistant director. He came up with a cunning plan, right? And literally, we got an, a, a, like I think a ten kilo weight. We wrapped it in a white towel and then just put that on the bottom of the of the swimming pool, so then I could swim out without being weighed down. 
And obviously, because that was being my left hand and the camera was facing my right. And because of the blueness of the water, you wouldn't see. So I think one of the shots, I'm actually, if you do have another closer look, I'm actually holding on to a weighted towel. Oh, right. And then I could just literally, if I started running out of breath like any normal child would do, you just kick off, go up and go find oxygen. Yeah. Which they they had so far denied me. (laughs) And then, so that, that that was a better plan. Yeah, but and so filming the filming the mouth to mouth scene as well was it easy for you with all this pain that you're going through? Was it, <laughs> was it easy for you to just lie there and and and, and say? Um, well, we we had rehearsed that. I mean, because right. once again, talk about don't work with actors and actresses. They was when they were doing like the press com- the chest compressions. They were going, oh, should we really do it? And the nurse is like, no. <laughs> No, he's not actually dying. Don't break his ribs unnecessarily. <laughs> Pretend. Remember, actors act. <laughs> act as though you're doing it. And that was, and it was just like, yeah, no, good point. I listen to that woman. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a lot of time for her. Um, but no, I mean, I think you know, it, was a, it was a serious shoot that week. Yeah. I mean, we weren't, we, 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 we spent five days in the pool at the pool, and we spent three days, basically me and Lee Mack, in the water. Right. Um, and, yeah, the, you know, lots of discussions and, obviously, pain and weights and bruising. <laughs> yeah, we just needed to get these this job done. Yeah. So I didn't really give a toss about a guy's giving me the kiss because that's what would happen. Yeah. That, that's that's right. We're doing it the right way. Right. So it's just, yeah. you know, oh, I don't even had a mint. So then that was, and then that was obviously your time up on Grange Hill. Now, I do a thing on on social media with the with the podcast. Um, when the next guest is coming on, I do a I do a guest the guest competition, and I put picture clues on for people. And if, if the first person that gets it right, they get uh, the chance to ask a question. And I forgot to ask one in the last podcast, so I've got a couple of questions for you which have come in. From I always feel like I'm on going live or live and kicking and something when when I do this. So the first one's from someone called Andrew Fletcher, and he wants to know: Did you ever take any of the props or costume when you'd finished uh, um, memorabilia? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I ever took anything, but the thing is, is um, I used to like playing around with continuity. Right. So if you actually watch, look at my trousers. One day I would have. In the same scene, I'll be wearing some straight trousers. The next day, I'll be wearing waffle trousers. <laughs> and, and it was just about seeing what we could get away with. Where right, okay. Couldn't even. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I had more fun doing that. I, I, I don't I think I did want to take away is that one of the wardrobe people, they, they gave me this um, electronic game, a handheld game thing. Right. But she wouldn't let me have it. <laughs> right, so I, had to, I had to give it back. <laughs> on, on the last me last day, I was like, oh, come on. Well, <laughs> quit. Oh, human. And then the next one is from someone called uh, Chris Matthews. And he asks, he obviously you knew that Jeremy was going to get written out. But if he hadn't, how would you have liked his character to have progressed? <laughs> no. What, what, why would you want him to progress? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he, was, he was not likable. No. He was... What it, 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 it became a Jehovah's Witness. I mean, where, where would the story arc go? It had to be that story arc uh-huh. because then obviously they were coming in with the heroin story arc yeah. for the next season. So it yeah. was, yeah, he, he had no room to progress. Yeah. It, 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 best gone. No, I mean, there are some, like, like with every TV program, there are some fan theories about Grange Hill. And one of them is one of the reasons that Zamo became the addict that he did was partly down to the guilt that he felt. Um, Tommy Blaine should have as well. Oh, over Jeremy. Like, well, yeah, he should, yeah, he should have felt guilty about yeah. it. He was there. <laughs> he could have dived in earlier and got me. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm, I'm putting the blame straight down to Zamo. There we go, then. So it must have been true. It must be true that, that, that yeah. that's what led it to him. Okay, so I won't ask you how you felt about leaving because you've already said you didn't want to do it anyway. So that, that's but, okay. But, but, but also, on the, I don't want to sound flippant, but I I absolutely love doing it. Yeah. You know, um, especially when you get to say, I was the first of anything. That's really kind of nice yeah. having, your, having your armory there. 
But I mean, I don't tell people really that often, but word creeps out and suddenly I'll get people come up when I'm walking the dog. Oh, I heard you was in Granger. <laughs> I mean, so 40 years later, it still comes back. Yeah, I mean, the other thing as well with that is Jeremy's death is mentioned in an episode of Spaced. Yeah, that's Because yeah. <laughs> I get all of that as well. You know, Simon Pegg, if you're watching... <laughs> something real, all right. Let, let's get on it. I don't want to do Mission Impossible, but we, we can we can talk about something. Yeah. Right. yeah. But yeah, yeah. No, that was yeah. And I think it says like, like like Jeremy Irving drowned in the pool or something like that. And I, and I think that's the thing with you know the fact of the fact that Grangeal is so deeply ingrained in British culture, isn't it? You know the the fact that it does get mentioned on space and things. And like and, that. and that's probably why they were very comfortable writing that joke. Because yeah. they knew it, 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 it as you said, it, it, it reaches far and wide. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be a lost gag. Yeah. That only two people in the world would, ever would have heard of. Uh-huh. It would be something. It was because I we also did that. Um, I did an evening out with um Matt Lucas and David it's, Williams. Yeah. Um, me and Lee Mack, and we had to say we hadn't seen each other for years. Um, at that point, but it, it was Matt Lucas that said the the. My drowning scene really got to him. Right. He hadn't seen anything like that. And I think he discusses that on the program. Right, yeah. And also, um, just a friend that I walk around the park with every you know a couple of times a week. When he found out, he's like, that was you that drowned. Wow. That upset me for so long. Yeah. You know, so it, 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 you know, you, you, you can't escape it. And I don't want to escape it because it's actually you know, why not? It, it, yeah, it yeah. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I, the thing with it as well, you just didn't see it coming. Like, you knew Jeremy was an idiot, but in them days before the internet and everything and before spoilers and everything, you just you just didn't see it coming. You just think, oh, what's, what's this clown going to do now? You know what I mean? Yeah. And, then, and then it was just such a shock. Yeah, because I think the last time they filmed in a swimming pool before that was several seasons before, and that was just people making a mess in yeah. swimming pool. But this one actually ended up with someone's life trying yeah. to be saved and ultimately didn't. Yeah. Because, you know, because I wasn't I wasn't there for episode eight. <laughs> but obviously they had, they had to deal with the fallout of that. So they had to write that in. So they, they had to be very diligent about how they tackled the situation. Yeah. They, they, the producers knew they were bringing this. Yeah, because when Anthony had died earlier on, it was pretty much forgotten about straight away. Uh, there wasn't really much of a fallout, like like you said there. Um, but there was, you know, because I think the next episode, Zamo wasn't in school, and 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 he just dealt with it better. I think with that one. So then, as as we say, that was when you left. So then you did a drama drama. Did you do for for ITV? Did you do an episode? Yeah, for that? yeah, that was yeah, yeah. We won an award for that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we won a silver award in the states for best child. We came second at best children's drama for wow. something for that for that episode. Yeah, yeah, that was um. It's, it's funny enough because when you're on the circuit as a young actor, especially being at school age, you know people from other schools. And the guy I was in it with, we just kept on meeting at auditions, auditions, and auditions. And then we finally got we got to work together. I think we did a commercial before that as well for Barclays Bank. Right. And then we. I think we did two commercials for them, but um, but then we ended up, and and, and that was really good because it was a, a thirty minute or twenty five minute screen time drama, uh-huh. in a really fast pace. You, you know, there was a beginning, a middle, and an end within yeah. twenty five minutes, and once again, the subject matter in that was quite intense. Yeah, it was it was a really really good shoot, and the director was really he was on his game. Yeah. You know, really, I think he lost it a couple of times, mate. But, uh, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no, it was. Say, so I think we only filmed. I think we filmed that over two weeks. Um, but I think we, I think we had a week re- rehearsal before that, which you don't always get. Uh-huh. And it really was about flushing out the characters. So yeah, that was yeah, that was cool. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, that, that the thing with Drama Rama was, I, I didn't always watch it, but every time I caught it, it just seemed to be dead scary. There was always something. There was always something like that. Oh, there was always something. Yeah, like yeah. Well, it, like... it, it started off with the word drama. Yeah, <laughs> there has to be drama within it. That that was it. That that was its unique selling point. Um, but yeah, no, I really really enjoyed that show. We filmed it up in, in Maidstone. 
Maystone okay. Studios. Um, yeah, just around the back of the prison. <laughs> and then, right, okay. And then you you were in sort of with George Cole, is that right? Com Comrade Dad, were you in that as well? Yeah, yeah, I did that. Again, who was I in that with? Obviously, George Cole. Um, so I looked and there's a, a la someone called David Garlic who was in that. Dave Garlic, yeah. And he was in Drama Rama as well. Is that who you were talking yeah, yeah, about? Yeah, 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 yeah. But once again, me and him on the circuit. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot. And the thing is about Comrade Dad, um, I was busy. But they wanted me for that role. So I didn't even make the rehearsal right. for it anyway. So I basically just showed up on the day with Arthur Daly. Right, yeah. and, and we made Chris. You know, it's yeah. just like... But yeah, no, we, yeah, we got on and did that. I think that was only a one-day shoot um, um, for me anyway. He had a, a, a bigger part in it. But yeah, it was just like, well. But, but, but you had that all the time. Uh -huh. But because... With Grand Hill, when you do interiors, you actually do rehearse that. Right. Um, so you're looking to go into the studio, but you would be at the um, at White's not well, so that's White City, yeah. But then, uh, in, in East Acton or West Acton, whichever one is with the BBC rehearsal rooms, right? Which is like an eight story building. Uh -huh. You would go in there, and the amount of famous people you met on yeah. any given day was just like off the scale. So I used to go down. I, I used to always go down and watch um um I being served when they were right. And Molly Subden used to come up and every time she saw a kid out the window, she always came up to the window to say hello. Is she, yeah? Oh, oh yeah, it, without fail. Um and then Heidi High did yeah. that. And it turns out that the guy that played the puppet master, Leslie Dwyer, uh -huh. he was at Italia Conti as well. Wow. He so loved it that it was that history was repeating itself. Yeah. That me um and, and Lisa used to come join us and we used to sit up in the, in the top restaurant um on the eighth floor. And I'll, I'll be sitting down with him and Lisa and we just talk about Italia Conti wow. and Noel Coward and things like that. It's you know, but then anyone could walk in. Right. Literally, from Roger Daltrey to Jeremy Irons. You know, had a mirror. You know, it it, it it's an, just a constant sway. Les Dawson, you know. Yeah. You had some fun, you had some funny times, man. Yeah, I mean, you've just mentioned what Leslie Dwyer, the Heidi High, wasn't it him? Because in the in the program, he hated kids, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once again, that's why we're called actors. Yeah. Because <laughs> he did. Yeah. He absolutely did love it, and he had a lot of time for people. Yeah. You know, and you know, so just to sit down. And just share those stories. But there's another time when we used to film interiors at White City, we was often in the same green room where every green area, Definitely. there's like a little cafeteria and, and it leads on to two studios. And we often filmed against Top of the Pops. Yeah. So you would be there all day. But then so I'm sitting down all day with pop stars. Yeah. Sitting down, but sometimes you have a really solid. The guy, one of the guys from the Thompson Twins, I looked at him. I just went, "Are you all right, mate?" And he's looked at me like he had the world on his shoulders. I'm like, "Let me buy you a cup of tea." So I brought him a cup of tea. I think it cost eight pence in the day. It was subsidised. <laughs> um, but then we just sat down and had an hour and a half conversation. Yeah, and he wasn't all right. He right. was really pretty much down. And he was uh -huh. thankful that someone had noticed and sat down with him wow. just to share a cup of tea. Yeah. So it, it, you can take all the plaudits you want out of any part of life. Uh -huh. But life also has it, 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 its own tragedies or its its own needs. Yeah. Um, and also as a person, you, you know, you, you walk in with observation. Yeah. And so it's, you know, they're all the things you draw from when you're trying to act as somebody else, you use them. Yeah, well, you need to be able to spot it in others. And I, and how old were you then? 14, 15. Wow, so, so, so at that age to, to spot that in someone as well, like that's but the thing is, right? I mean, it, it was hard to describe if you didn't live that lifestyle. Uh -huh. But I met people constantly. Yeah, I was constantly away. I was constantly traveling. I was constantly, and that's from the age of eleven to those dates. Yeah. Um. So you have to be gracious. You uh -huh. have to say please. You have to say thank you. 
You know, there's, there's no point in me going anywhere and just shouting at people. It's about yeah. listening to the people because most of them are just trying to help you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think you do grow up. You, I was away from my family a lot, but also uh-huh. some, of my, some of my school friends. Yeah. You know, Lisa York was going through exactly what I was going through. Uh-huh. You know, and, and then also, you know, that Lee Mack was, you know, Sparks was, you know, and and, and any any one of the cast, and Paul Rand Bland, you know, it's... The list goes on, and obviously yeah. Dave Scarborough, who ended up playing Mark Fowler, uh-huh. committed suicide. He was yeah. a very good friend of mine. We had, we had we did quite a few. And once again, he was a bully against me as the antagonist. <laughs> yeah. But we were really good friends because we lived close to each other. Uh-huh. So you know, you, you learn a lot. I knew I knew he was sad. I knew what problems he had. Yeah. Um. But you know, but we had dialogue. Right. Yeah. Which was yeah. good up to the point where there was no more dialogue. Right, that was a shock, though, to like the likes of us on the outside world. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my shock. What I feel worst about that is that people think of Mark Fowler as Todd Carty. Yeah, um, and obviously Todd starting as Tucker and then going uh-huh. on to play Mark very successfully and well done to him as well. But in my heart and in my head, still, it's Dave Scarborough. Yeah. It was the original. Yeah. Oh no. Please. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> so, IMDb's got no more listings after Comrade Dad for you. Did you decide, right? That's not for me anymore. Um. Yeah. Well, no, no, you know, I don't think IMDb even existed when I. <laughs> yeah. Dad. Um. But you know, things do. Yeah. Things. No, I did. I kind of went. Well, actually, I left the country. Right. Okay. I, I kind of escaped. I wanted. I, I I moved. I moved abroad where nobody knew me. Right. Which was just relief. Uh-huh. Because I couldn't do. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. You know, it was just. It was. Uh, you know, it was. Yeah. It it it, it hampered me, it, and so I, I left <laughs> and just went away. <laughs> um. But then when I came back about three years later. Um, I moved behind the camera. All right, okay. Um, and then I, I, I worked. I did a lot of productions. Um, I did loads of TV commercials, corporate work. I, I did all sorts. So, and I think I appeared in a few of a few of the bits and bobs, but right. not, I, not IMDb relatable. No. <laughs> well, it just it wouldn't be noticed. It was me. Right, um, okay. But yeah, so no, I was in the industry for yeah many years behind the scenes, which I. Absolutely loved. Yeah, did you prefer that to the other? Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, because I, I also did a Spielberg movie, which oh, is right. listed on there. Um, and I was sitting on a rooftop um, in where were we? In Derbyshire at Beaver Castle. Right. Um, and on one side of me, I got a guy you may know his name, Kit West. Right. He won the Oscar for Raiders of the Lost Ark. Right. He was the special effects. So yeah. he's, he's, he's on my right. And then Keith, who's on my left, he won the Oscar for Superman for all the string work he did to make Superman fly. Wow. We're sitting there at three o'clock in the morning in January, freezing our tits off. <laughs> and both of them looked around and goes, and they looked at me, and I was the kid, I think it was about 16. They went, you got a cigarette? So yeah, I just got paid. What do you want? I've got some more. <laughs> I've got some concerts. I've got... <laughs> But yeah, no, and then when you work with empowering people like that, I mean, I've never yeah. forgotten that night. Um, it, it, it drives you on. So I, I love the mechanics of behind the scenes. Yeah. Where, where I felt more in control being behind the scenes than uh-huh. I was as an actor. Yeah. You know, because I'm looking at an aspect ratio. I'm looking at a monitor and I control. It's my job to control everything that happens, mm-hmm. what we're trying to capture. Yeah. And I love that. I love that element about it. So whether it's a set dressing, whether um, it's a location, whether it's the actors, whether it's um, wardrobe, what, what, you know, having to make all those decisions was, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, yeah. And can I ask what movie was that? Um, Young Sherlock Holmes. All oh, right. Yeah. Brilliant First time it. Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. They, oh they, wow. They did the the the, 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 the first time it was ever it was formed. Yeah. Directed wow. by. Um, well, actually, the producers were Kathleen Kennedy, obviously, from Star Wars fan, yeah. 
Um, Mark Johnson that went on, he did he did something. Barry Levinson was the director. Wow. But even things like that, we we had other actors that came in. I got actually one of them a job on it. Um, yeah. Julius Sawala's old man. All right. Nadim Sawala. He was yeah. famously killed by Jaws in The Spy Will Love Me. Right. Um, but you sat down and one of the guys that was sitting at our table, he was the original Dalek. Yeah. <laughs> so trying to explain what a Dalek is to an American producer yeah. back in the day, it was quite an effort. <laughs> we got there in the end. Brilliant. So are you still involved in that now then? Um, no, not really. Um, so a few years ago, I've suffered a brain injury. So right. life is life is life slightly different for me now uh-huh. because it, it, it does affect me. Um, um, well, it, it affects the way my brain works. So it's, it's very easy for me to talk about these historical things. Uh-huh. But then ask me tomorrow what I did today. Right. Okay. It can be slightly different. Ask me tomorrow what I ate today. I may not be able to tell you the answer. Right. So it, that I mean, I'd still love to be behind the camera. Still would absolutely love to, but it's my concentration level is kind of like two hours max. Right, I see. And then because my brain has to overwork itself to. So basically, even when I'm talking to you, I have to tell myself a story so I can remember you. Uh-huh. So my brain kind of does five times the amount of work just so it can remember than your brain. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, with all the doctors, psychologists, neuropsychologists, um, neurologists. Yeah, with with I can cope. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it, I, I just got to know my limitations a lot more. Yeah. But, but I'm once again, I'm not, I'm not bashful about it. I'd rather oh. tell someone, look. And yeah. there's a bit like Harry Potter scar on my face, <laughs> yeah. which helps. So yeah. right there, yeah. Um, right. And that was literally stepping out of a car, um, saying goodbye to the people in the car. And I was wearing dress shoes, so very leathery. Yeah. And I just slipped and the corner of my head or the front lobe of my head hit the corner of a granite curbstone at full weight. Wow. And that moment changed my life. Yeah. Wow. So do you not, do you not work at all then? Oh no no yeah I, I do design oh, uh, I okay. do artwork and you know and yeah I sell I mean even if you I think you can still buy my some of my work at Brighton and Hove museums. Hey, brilliant, there we go. Yeah, We're gonna... uh, yeah. No, I, I, I do so. I'm, I'm very pop artish. All right, so you okay. know, very very colourful. The uh, I kind of look look at Brighton because that's where I live. Yeah. And how do I tell that story of Brighton through art? So yeah, that's I, I do that. So just going a little bit slightly off topic, then your Facebook avatar is. Did you draw that yourself? It's a, it's, 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 a, it's a yellow circle, and it's, oh, right, it's yeah, like yeah, a face yeah. with with a skyline in it. Did you do that? No, it's the pavilion. It's the royal pavilion as right. the eyes. Right, it's okay. Because yeah. obviously, Fat Boy Slim is it is a massive collector. He lives just down the road from where I am at. Right, right. okay. Um. Yeah, once again, once really, really simple. So I use that pavilion a lot, um, but I'm, I do it in different colours. I do I do all sorts with it. Uh-huh. But that is the eyes and just a simple smiley face. That's Brighton for you. Yeah, and um, you know, and, and that's how that, that's how good pop art should be. Yeah, it shouldn't. I'm, I'm not I'm not trying to tell the story of a thousand years. I'm saying right here you go, bit of acid else. Yeah, let's get it. And. Um, and, and do you find that doing that work, does that help you with your brain injury? Then? Um, I, I like getting lost in it. I like, yeah. like right up now, I've got, I've got a note. You can you can see it right here. And it says, um, what does it say? It's straight, straight, straight out of Brighton. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to do a mock-up of the straight out of Compton. Yeah. With the silhouettes of all the guys. But within that, I'm going to put them in feather boas <laughs> and, and, and things like that. And then rather with um, take because NWA is written in red, right? Yeah. Um, I'm going to put BM1, which is obviously the Brighton thing. So it, it, yeah. it's just going to, and people will get it, and then yeah. people will buy it just as they go. Because I, I do sell through several shops around the around the place as well as the museums. You know, it's people just go. That's that's yeah, that's Brighton. Oh no, that, that's class that. Okay, Vince. So we're coming towards the end of the interview. 
and I've got a few. It's the I always end with the same few questions, and they're all related to Grange Hill. A couple of years ago, there was talk of a Grange Hill movie in the works. Yeah. Phil, Phil Redmond was involved, and what do you think of the idea? Right, right here. Yeah. That is, that is printed from IMDb of anyone that's ever been in Grange Hill. Wow. It's 96 pages because I thought, what about a movie? Yeah. And <laughs> I wanted George Armstrong. I wanted him to start it off um, with him now being the caretaker of the school. Brilliant. And then something happens, of course. Of course it happens. Yeah. Um, but then I wanted it to be a um, kind of a bit of a murder mystery, um, and Mrs. McCluskey gets murdered. Right, and done it. Yeah, but it's about going through. So I, I looked at mainly Georgia May Foot as well to play the one of the detective. So I looked at it, you know, just as a, yeah. a fan base, something I know. Um, so yeah, if they did movie, why not? Brilliant. And, and also, I wanted a cameo in it. I wanted to, right at the end. I wanted to play a lifeguard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> around the pole. Just my my only little cameo in it. Just just so Because I I was going to ask, would we see the ghost of Jeremy Irving? But I think that what you've come up with there is bet well better than what I was going to suggest <laughs> as a lifeguard. Brilliant. So then, other than Jeremy, who was your favourite character on Grange Hill? Um, favourite character. That's a that's a tough one because. On set, you were never alone. Right. There's a, there was a multitude of characters. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've got to give a, sh a shout out to Erkan. Uh-huh. Anyway, because he's... I think Grange Hill would still be in the psyche of many people without Erkan of being involved. He's such a glue. Um, he's got me involved in events that he's always seems to be tied to, or he'll call me up and say, yeah. oh, Vince, do this. Yeah. You know, it'd be fun. We've raised money for charity for it. You know, we've done things. And so kind of the reluctant hero. It was brilliant. But I'm always going to side with Lisa York. Yeah. Um, my best mate still, um, Danny Cunningham, that played... Liam. Played Liam Brady. Yeah. Named after a footballer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> I think the script department ran out of ideas then. Brilliant. He was a complex for Arsenal. <laughs> whack him, we'll whack him down. But yeah, no, Danny is still one of my best friends in the world. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I have quite a lot of videos. George Armstrong, once again, just just yeah. a good guy. And yeah. anytime I see him, it's always a happy time. Excellent. So yeah. Brilliant. And if you couldn't have played Jeremy, was was there any other character you would have liked to have played? Um Probably one of the teachers, right? Yeah, yeah. I would love to be not because I, I watched a, um, an episode. I just sorry, just a clip that came up on my YouTube, and it was um of um uh, Mr. Baxter basically grabbing old Agrippa. Yeah, <laughs> thinking, oh, yeah. You couldn't do that now. I was like, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the... no. I, I, I would have liked to play Mr. Baxter. Is that the one where he uh, he shoves his head in the sink? Is it that one? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's a clip I watched this morning. Brilliant. Getting ready for this. Brilliant. But yeah, no. So yeah, I'd rather yeah, I'd, I'd rather growing up. Yeah. Um, cool. One but also, another friend I also want to give a shout out to Lindy Brill that played Kathy Hargreaves. Yeah. You know, she she actually became my teacher. Wow. She she used to teach aerobics. Yeah. And she actually, I used to. Watch her in leotard every morning. <laughs> That's okay. And then we ended up. I ended up. Um, we, we shared a house together after uh -huh. that as well. So yeah, the massive soft spot for Lindy. Brilliance, so, brilliance. Yeah. And then, sort of, final question: Why do you think there's still such affection for Granger? I know we've mentioned a few bits during this, but why do you think that affection is still there? Because it was relatable. Uh -huh. Whether. You was at Grange Hill or Rodney Bennett, you knew that school. Yeah. You know, or you could say, oh, well, that's what I think Eton's like being Rodney Bennett. Yeah. You know, you, you, or it, it gave you something to just oppose your position. We all knew a bully. We all know, we all knew the cutie. 
We all knew the smart one. We all knew the dumbard, you know, and we all had our favourite teacher. So there's just these things that are just inherent that you, you, you and, and we were, and we were real. We, you know, we, even though obviously some of it was edited and well, we couldn't do certain things, but it was as, as best we could at the time. And I think people just go, and say, just from, as I said, about my friend walking the dog. Yeah. You know, 40 years later, he still remembers that. So what, whatever we were doing, we did it right then. Yeah. We've probably fucked everything up since. <laughs> but, you know, so because we, we, we're not we're not talking about other programmes. We're not talking about drama-rama. Like, yeah. have the same impact. We're not talking about razzmatazz that I did all the time. But we still talk about Grain Shell. Yeah. You know, and as soon as you hear that music, yeah, <laughs> everyone, as long as you was around, that you know what you're into. Yeah, so brilliant. Well, Reds, thank you so much. No, I've really enjoyed on. it, Neil. It's it's been great speaking to you and your experiences. And I'll, I'll be honest, I thought seven episodes. Are we really going to get like a long episode on this? But it's at least an hour. Honestly, it's been absolutely fantastic. Well, so, so, so a lot goes on, you know, and, and, and we could probably talk about for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, easy. But the thing is, you know, when you're young, everything is at speed. So you, yeah. do, you seem to do so much more. You know, like yeah. we haven't really fulfilled the banter of what did happen in the background. Yeah. All, all, all the, you know, we still had to do our three hours of school in a day. So yeah. that had to be fitted in. So I've only told you about when they tried to kill me and my <laughs> nuts. And I've had a broken nose and then he fell off a cliff. Right. So, yeah, a lot can happen. Yeah, definitely. As a child. Yeah. <laughs> but no, honestly, it's been great speaking to you. Yeah, I've, I've and, really and you, mate. And I haven't stopped smiling. And laughing all the way through, it's been brilliant talking to you. So, well, I wanted to put a bit of comedy in there. Yeah, no, honestly, um, I, I wanted to give a few name checks. I don't, to even, think, I don't even think you needed to try with the comedy either. It was, it was brilliant. Thank you so much. And for anyone that's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Vincent Matthews would like me to mention Headway, the Brain Injury Association. Headway is the UK-wide charity that works to improve life after brain injury by providing vital support and information services. You can find out more about them by visiting headway.org.uk.